how crazy would that be if that was just like part of owning your car is that like if you worked near an airport your car could just be ferrying people from the airport around the city and like you could make a couple hundred bucks like just your car doing that for you throughout the day Hello and welcome back to For the Future. This is episode 10. Episode 10. We made it 10 episodes. We did take another little break. It was definitely planned. It was a planned break, right, Michael? Yes. It was planned. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but we're excited to be back. Yeah. Made some uh, bold claims in that in episode nine. And uh, <laughs> But hey, we're here. We're back. We'll be back in two weeks, four weeks later or longer. Uh, <laughs> But no, we're back. Episode 10. This week, we kind of wanted to cover what does industry 4.0 and travel look like? What do we see? What do we want to see? Michael and I have both done a bit of traveling for work. So we definitely know of you know what's good and what are the pain points of traveling often and not often, vacations and stuff like that too. But before we get into that, there's a little piece of news that I wanted to cover. And that is the Tesla robot. Michael, have you seen Tesla's robot that they revealed on Tesla AI Day? Yeah, honestly, I haven't watched a lot of videos on it. Um, I thought it was like, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was like kind of a joke or like um, just a made up thing. But then I was looking into it more and I realized, oh, that is actually like a real thing they're trying to pull off, which is pretty crazy that they're trying to get into this game too. So very interesting. Um, I think it's a it's a very uh, ambitious goal. I'll just say that. And like, I kind of can relate the two, right? Like Tesla makes, you know, automated driving technology. They have the software. So maybe that can be linked back to like a humanoid thing. What I don't like, I just don't know if it's like a publicity stunt or if they're really going to try to do this. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because like, so Tesla, they said that they're going to start making their own chips in house for their cars. And so maybe they're like, well, we have the chips, we have the software, let's make a robot. Yeah. I'm just not sure because they were like marketing it or just kind of building it up as a robot that will do mundane tasks, you know, quote unquote mundane tasks. But some of these mundane tasks, like some robotics experts are like, hey, walking for a robot is not even a mundane task. That's like below, mon- like they have to learn how to do that first. Me not having a ton of experience in robotics or anything, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, think of a, a child which is maybe essentially like a blank robot is has to learn how to stand balance put one foot in front of the other and then you'll get up to running and stuff but curious as your thoughts on these you know mundane tasks or what is the actual benefit of this robot gonna gonna be it looks like uh something out of the marketing department is what it looks like <laughs> it, it looks like you know like a cool like futuristic I don't know, outfit or like a spacesuit or something like and it's just skinned over a mannequin. Like I'm, I'm guessing it's not a real working prototype. Like I'm looking at some of the, um, the cutaways where they're like, Oh, there'll be like motors and stuff inside of it. And like a, a AI control board. It's like, if you go look at like a Boston dynamic robot though, like they are significantly larger than a human being, just like how barrel, like they're, they're getting more and more trimmed down and like more human size, but yeah, it's, it takes a lot of hardware and a lot of weight and a lot of power, like, you know, just battery power. I mean, I think they used to be gas. They used to be run on like a gas engine with a, with a generator Jeez. to have enough energy to like move them around and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, so I think making it look like a slender mannequin that you would see, you know, at the mall and like, oh, it's just like a robot. I think that's that seems pretty like early stage, more like marketing material. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd yeah. be surprised if it really looks like that. But yeah, like you said, it could be. I think either way, it'll do well for them. They'll generate a ton of hype with it. I think they could probably pull it off. I'm sure they could. Now, you know, are people gonna are people gonna want that and invest into it? I don't know because you know you're gonna be limited uh, limited by the um, the power and the capability of like fitting into the form factor, right? So you're only gonna mm-hmm. get so much lifting ability or like battery life or whatever. And if you try to fit it into like a very slender figure that's going to be limited so like you know is it it might only be able to lift 20 pounds and it's like is that really that useful you know um True. whereas like a larger form factor robot that also let's just be clear like boston dynamics is like actually like producing real robots and like they you know they're it's like a robotics actually, company it's not a yeah. car company yeah yeah exactly they've been working on this for 10 years and like their stuff is actually like going into production um, they've got a huge leg up on that, but their robots are also one able to do, I'll say air quotes, mundane tasks, which like you mm. were saying, they are not mundane. Like that's very, very challenging to do. I mean, just, you know, getting a computer, a robotic computer system to even identify like, you know, a can of soup versus, you know, a box of milk or something like that would be challenging to do in and of itself, let alone like just wander through a grocery store and pick out stuff. I mean, that would be. That would be a project in it all by itself, let alone, you know, the walking and navigating and, you know, pushing a cart. And I mean, there's just there's a lot going on there. And I think Mm -hmm. um, the dream is always to have this like human robot that can just integrate with whatever we already have and just go from there. And but in reality, it's much easier and probably better to build like a specific robot or machine that actually is like specific to a task like a little robot buggy with a you know built into a a shopping cart with a little arm would be way better for running through a grocery store i would think than trying to get a walking robot you know doing that but anyway that's my long-winded thoughts on that i don't know i we'll see i mean we'll keep an eye on it for sure i mean if they keep developing it and keep working on it we'll uh we'll report back and give our thoughts but i think it's kind of a way out there publicity stunt right now yeah and i think like one other thing that i saw someone was saying is like you know tesla is i feel like for new college grads like a highly sought after company mm-hmm. and this might just be another thing to be like whoa i'm into robotics maybe i should go work that at tesla be. and they get the cream of the crop you know the best yeah. of the best engineer students and scientists just to get excited about ai and pull them in and like oh yeah you work on this robot and on the side, if you want to start working on our car <laughs> stuff too, like yeah, just but like build actually, that the satellite program really needs yeah. some like robotics and AI, and we'll just yeah spin you into that, right? I mean, I could yeah. see them doing that too. Um, yeah, for sure, they haven't done anything new and hypey for a couple like a year or so. So yeah, maybe that could be a play too for sure. But like Michael said, we will we'll keep everyone updated on the latest and greatest of Tesla Bot or whatever they're going to call it. I feel like it is yeah. Tesla Bot. We'll come up with a cool name for sure. Okay, so that was uh, our news of the day. And now we kind of wanted to go into Industry 4.0 and travel. So I kind of wanted to like break this up maybe into what is out there currently and what would Michael and I think would be interesting to see in the future. What is out there? I was going to say, there's not <laughs> a lot. Like there, isn't, there really isn't much in, in the way of like true Industry 4.0. It's like, 
it's just maybe an application where or an industry that hasn't really seen a lot of industry 4.0. Um, I think there's a lot of incremental improvements, uh, you know, like obviously smartphones and, um, you know, connected everything going from paper to digital, you know, like your boarding pass, right. they will print you a boarding pass if you want one, but it's so much better and easier to just walk through with your phone, like with the Delta mm-hmm. app or whatever airline you're flying with. It just works so well. But even like, and so this might be like, you know, the previous and like the super computer, like the microchip, you know, but like scheduling for airplanes mm-hmm. like that before computers, like <laughs> I don't know how yeah. they were scheduling those, you know, phone calls like, Hey, we left, we'll be there in eight hours. And then yeah. you just, you know, bank on them not having to pit stop anywhere. Well, like but, the real time updates too. I mean, like I, yeah. I always joke around with my with my brother about my parents. They just they they just got on uh, got out, went to the airport and flew out for vacation recently. And there's a there's a meme of like you know your parents getting to the airport at five a.m. for their like three p.m. flight, and it's just like a <laughs> truck driving into the right right through the wall into the towards the <laughs> gates kind of thing. Like <laughs> it's like kind of true, but but in in back then like you know, they didn't have great updates on like weather delays or like a plane arrived early or um, those maintenance issues or whatever. So like there was a lot more uncertainty, I think, in Mm -hmm. like when a plane was actually going to leave, you know, if the plane schedules are running fast or late or if there was a delay in security or or there was a lot less security back then. But so I think that's that is kind of a testament versus now, like, you know, if you're in your in your 20s or 30s or whatever and you travel a lot you're probably like showing up to the airport maybe an hour before you have to go i mean you just get you get used to it right you have pre-check you have um everything's on your phone right you're really efficient at getting through the airport quickly you know i'll say if you're if you're traveling by yourself if you're traveling with a group or kids or whatever that probably doesn't work out but so just kind of that like improved like consistency and being able to plan a little better. I think that's a big change that we have seen. And that's all due to, like you said, those digital scheduling techniques, um, having your phone connected. I mean, even like the Delta app will so much. So is like, it'll give you directions through the airport to your terminal. Yeah. They have it all mapped out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. You know, once you get used to an airport, it's probably not that big of a deal. And you're usually you fly out of the same area if you're on the same airline over and over again in the airport. So you learn, I come in through this gate, you know, I go go over here, that I grab my coffee here, right? Um, but if you're like doing a random, you know, connection flight at like an airport you've never been to, and you've got 45, or like 30 yeah. minutes to get to the next flight. I mean, that's really, that saved my butt a couple of times where um, I had no idea where I was going. I had to like randomly find my way across this airport that I've never been in before. And it was like a 30 minute exchange. I mean, it was, that was really convenient to have. So those kind of things are, I wouldn't say like super um, like leveraging all the technology of an industry 4.0, but um, super convenient. Right. And I think that's kind of the, Mm -hmm. what we've discussed before is a lot of like the point of industry 4.0 is to make your experience more convenient, right. Kind of take those mundane tasks and um, just automate them for you. So um, I would say that's kind of the lay of the land from like an airpoint standpoint. As far as like, uh, you know, once you get out of the airport, though, there's a lot lot going on there, right? There's like terminals, there's uh, public transit, there's rental cars. Um, once you get to your hotel, wherever you're staying, right? What you're going to do while you're there. And we, we talked about that a little bit. And you've got you've got things like Google Maps where you can look at, um, you know, restaurant reviews or help plan your trip. Um, but it's probably not quite as well integrated as we hope for, right? I think there could definitely be a lot more done. Would you agree? Yeah. So the smartphone has helped, you know, in so many ways, scheduling, looking at reviews, figuring out, you know, what's the good part of this city to go to, what's like the blah part. 
And so for me, it's like almost the next step is how do you get like a like a digital concierge like with you at all times, mm-hmm. which is like we we're talking uh, briefly about, you know, AR glasses, you know, the mixed reality, artificial reality. So you're walking around an unfamiliar city, you're just looking around and you just ask your assistant or it's just automatic looking at different buildings. It pulls the information, it pulls the reviews, the menus, you know, even like, has anyone gotten food poisoning here in the last seven days or something? You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. which could like be an information overload, but it's interesting. Like I, I, I'm like, how many hours in my life have my wife and I spent like trying to find the perfect place to eat while we're on vacation? Yeah. It's, I'm sure it's like, like instead of like us going and exploring around, we're like, oh no, we should, instead of wasting time, we should find where we want to eat and, you know, make a little game plan. Mm-hmm. But how nice would it be just to walk down the street and whether it's like, this is like future stuff, right? Like smart contact lenses and stuff. How cool would that be <laughs> just to look around like, oh, that place looks good. Like I like Thai food. Oh, mm-hmm. someone got sick here the other day. Mm, well, maybe we'll try it. Another Thai place or something. I don't know. Here's a here's a idea. Do you think like like fast food and stuff like you always see that they're like really, really concerned with being consistent, right? Like you can go to any city and McDonald's is going to be the same, right? And I wonder if part of the reason why that was so popular is because when you did travel somewhere and you didn't know the local diners or local restaurants, Mm. you could trust a McDonald's or whatever fast food to be something that you know you're going to like and is consistent, right? So maybe for individuals who don't have like a Google Maps to look up reviews of that Thai place or whatever or can't even find it, that maybe was a big reason why fast food kind of succeeded and maybe why we're seeing it start to, you know, kind of go away uh, because we are able to so much eat much more easily identify local uh, mm. food, place, local places to get food, which I think we can all agree. We would much rather find like a really awesome diner, you know, wherever we are or, you know what I mean? Right. You'd so much rather do that while you're on vacation than go to Subway or go to McDonald's or, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to get food and it's going to be okay. But I, I don't know. I, when I travel, I really enjoy experiencing like a local culture and like seeing like experiencing what it's like to really live there. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people aren't going to McDonald's every day, like when they're when they're, um, you know, living where they're at. Right. You know, your your favorite local restaurants, your favorite pizza place, whatever. Um, so I think that's that would be an awesome change to see. Um, I think we're a long ways in that direction, but there's definitely more to go. Right. Where there, it could be even easier or like you said, like that AI assistant could start like recommending things to you, right? Um, or kind of helping you, helping you plan your travel a little bit because, you know, your vacation time's precious, right? Yeah. We don't, in America, we don't get a lot of vacation time. So, you know, we got to make the most of it while we're, uh, while we're out and get a little time away from the office. So um, I think that would be some stuff I would really love to see. It'd be cool too, like you know, our, our big data, data analytics stuff like, oh, I know you've been to these three restaurants in the past whatever, two months, mm-hmm. something that's like those, but a different kind of genre, I mean, it's like an Asian fusion place or something is this, which is three blocks away from your hotel. Yeah. And just like making smart decisions, you know, cause that's what it's kind of all about. It's like taking an input or your previous days or your previous, mm-hmm. you know, restaurant goes and being, oh, you, you probably will like this based on reviews of other people mm-hmm. that said in their review, like, Hey, I, well, I like this place and this place was even better. Yeah. I think that would be Excellent. Like that's that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, if we can get like AR glasses to be cool and not like <laughs> and stop what? getting canceled like when they're like <laughs> just starting to take off and pe- you know, they're uh man, I'm just I'm mad about some Google like glasses. Uh, Google glasses. Some anti Google person was like, 
what if they take pictures of you without you knowing? It's like anyone can do that with a phone. Like, yeah, your phone you can is be as yeah. discreet as you want with your phone. Like, just because someone's wearing glasses. But yeah, I digress. Yeah. Anyway, well, you know, Hololens or HTC, someone, someone is gonna make, you know, AR glasses happen eventually, and they're gonna be so awesome, right? They, they can't look like Google Glass had like that one little chip which looked really futuristic on the side of your face. I'm okay with that. I'm just okay. I'm okay. I will. I will give up looking cool to have AR glasses. <laughs> I'm. I don't even wear glasses, but I'll. I'll wear <laughs> just a dummy pair of glasses. I'll be that guy. And I'll have a little little cyborg chip in my you know in front of my left eye or whatever, and I'm I'm on board, I'm in. But I think that would I think that would be excellent, and I think that would really I think that would be an awesome bit of experience. Even if like in your day to day you didn't wear it, but like when you were traveling, you could flip on your little smart glass and have that when you're in, in an unfamiliar area or something. I think that would be a really cool experience, right? Or even like it's like yeah. The non maybe like mundane, like you're watching TV, you don't need them. But like, what if you're like going for a run and your running stats are up in your, like you have yeah. GPS and your running stats up? Like, how nice would that be? Like, I have to like, I mean, uh, this sounds like super, not like petty, but like I have to look down at my watch to see how fast I'm going. You know, <laughs> whatever, not a big deal. Yeah, but yeah, what if it's like just like up in your just peripheral, there. like your heads yeah. up display? I think I think that'd be so cool. I would. That's always been like childhood dream would be to like have that HUD display kind of thing going on. Like you like you having like a video game or whatever. But dude, uh, I remember the first time I watched Iron Man and he was doing like he had camera like the projectors and stuff around. But like if that was like even in like your head, you know, you're moving things with your hands. Yeah, I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. When it's is like, this going to be real? As like, and then yeah. like Google, like while we're in college, like Google is like kind of working on it. And you're like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then they keep canceling the projects. and You're like, ah, that's so frustrating. Yeah. But so anyway, but there's there's that, um, you know, I think ride sharing is another piece to you know stay on topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I think ride sharing, too, is another piece, right? That distributed network where like an Uber is kind of there to help like democratize and distribute, um, you know, tra- transportation as far as getting around new cities. I think that's made a big impact, right? Like, you know, calling a cab is kind of not a thing anymore and i think mm-hmm. you know most uh most individuals would say that you know you'd rather take an uber than um work with a cab right so that's a super convenient yeah. thing and especially right now that there's a huge shortage of rental cars um so right. distributed car like rental services and stuff where you can straight up just borrow a car from somebody i mean i think that's such a crazy concept but you can basically just you know, if you're not going to use your car for a weekend, you can make a couple hundred bucks lending your car out to somebody, which kind of scary on the you know, the same in the same account. That's a little scary to do, but um, definitely an interesting, interesting model. I think Tesla plays with that a lot, right? Like the idea that your autonomous car, like while it's parked at work, could be going out and just like making um, you money. Yeah, I, yeah, forgot, I totally just, forgot about that concept. Yeah, I think they kind of put that to bed until they like really develop the um, yeah. The, the AI engines and stuff. But like, how crazy would that be if that was just like part of owning your car? Is that like, if you worked near an airport, your car could just be ferrying people from the airport around the city. And like, you could make a couple hundred bucks, like just your car doing that for you throughout the day. Imagine you're just like at the office writing an email and your car just starts pulling out of the parking spot. You're like, bye, have yeah. fun. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Going to the adventure. Be safe. <laughs> Let me text yeah. you when, you're, when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, I think that would be cool, but that would help out like so much with just like the number of cars on the, on the road and everything. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like the, the big tech guys, um, look at all of this. Like there are so many cars that sit for so long. Like they're like oh, cars yeah. don't really like your utilization percentage on a car is awful. 
mean, how often right. are you using your car? Like less than 5% or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hardly ever gets used in reality, right? It sits almost all the time. And it's yep. like, what if you just had your car like being utilized, like, I don't know, a reasonable amount, you know, percent, right? Where then electric also makes sense where the mileage isn't as big of a deal. But um, right. anyway, I just think those would be some ideas where, you know, just improving connectivity and travel and helping you get around and navigate a new city, a new place. Um, just the easier that gets, the more awesome travel becomes. Because I think that's one of the biggest pains in the butt is like, you know, going and getting a, a rental car and like, it's such a, it's such a big hassle and like returning it before you get onto the plane and stuff. It's just another thing that you've got to worry about that morning, you know, when you're getting back to right. the airport after your vacation. Um, I think that's just the easier that gets the barrier to travel gets lower and lower. Right. Which is always, I think a good thing for people in general. Right. That's how, that's all there really is. I mean, as far as, you know, connectivity and stuff in the travel industry. So we thought about a couple of things that we really wanted to kind of talk about as like near future, like things that would be awesome that we'd love to see um, be applied from industry 4.0 to airports, uh, you know, travel in general. Um, and the biggest one for me would be like an Amazon go grocery, but like at the airport, you know what I mean? Where you just, you just walk up, grab whatever you're looking for. Like they just had cups of coffee ready to go like breakfast sandwich, like quick trip style, you just walk up, grab your stuff and it just charges you and you walk off. Like, I think that would be the coolest thing because like when it's rush time and like everybody jumps off a plane and just like overwhelms the Starbucks and the McDonald's near like the terminal (laughs) and you're starving and like, you know, you got to get on the plane, you just can't eat. Um, That always just drives me nuts. And I'm like, man, this would be so much better if you could just walk up, grab whatever, and it would just charge you. And I think that would be that would be such an awesome application for that technology. Yeah. And so, I mean, that the Amazon stuff uses like, it does use facial recognition, right? Or does it use your phone and knows that your account is linked to that Amazon account? Yeah, it, it does. Um, it it, it knows both, your right? face. It's tracking your face a little bit. I think you sign up for it, like with your Prime account probably. Yeah. And there is a little bit of work that goes into it. But yeah, it just uses like camera systems and like knows what you have in your hand. And it like links you to a to your you know credit card account and it just bills you directly it's like super seamless and awesome so yeah i think there's a little bit of face tracking that goes with that but you know what but i'm okay you can track you can track my face if i can get my coffee before i get on the plane versus not getting a coffee before i get on the plane right well like what if so another thing we were talking about so there's the amazon go portion but then there's clear at airports which is like an expedited security Mm -hmm. check-in like line but I believe if I'm right, it's either a thumbprint or I think it is your face. They, they take a picture of your face. Both. I think I it might think be it's, both. I think it's both. I think like because you walk into the airport like before you even like do your check bag and there's like those little kiosks. And I think you scan yep. your thumb. It does your facial recognition. Then someone comes and grabs you and walks you through security. Like it's really yeah. convenient. Well, they just bring you to the front of the line, which is nice. Whatever. I'm like pre-check. You wait like five minutes. Clear. You wait 30 seconds. Yeah. But if you could use like if if the standard for going to the airport was that so you go through the check-in line it scans your face you put your boarding pass down or whatever and it links those two up so that then once you're in the airport it's like your own you're just checked in like automatically you're just checked in and then you go to any store and it's you know linked up to your whatever credit card account or something maybe if Mm -hmm. you maybe you have to make an airport account or something or it's linked to your delta or whatever and that you can charge that way but you go to any store and now that it knows you're in the terminal, like Michael checked in at whatever, 730. Yep. He's yep. in here. We know what his face looks like. 
you go around and grab your stuff at the, you know, we're calling it the Amazon Go grocery, but whatever they call it. But the and whole then you airport walk out. could work like that. Yeah, the whole yeah. airport is like, you don't have to pull your credit card out anymore. You get a burger. You just walk right through. I think that'd be super cool. If the airport could just be like a, fa- a facial tracking zone and it just the whole airport is just, you know, like just checking you, you just like wander right through like a, a metal detector yeah. or whatever. And it's just a giant, you know, oh, like just a giant series of metal detectors. You walk right through with your bags and everything. Someone would, you know, come and grab you if you, if something gets uh, checked or whatever. But like, you know, it, I think that would be an awesome for security, but also just like ease of use and like just improving like throughput, like through the airport. Right. Like I just, yeah, I think that could be amazing. But now consider the amount of data to be tracking. I, all the faces and all the bags and everything in an airport. I mean, that is crazy to think about. That would be such a a ridiculous project to keep track of all of that. But I think that could be an awesome way to just improve um, airports in general. Now take that technology and like, as they're starting to rebuild, like, so like the Chicago, like the O'Hare airport, they're going to like redo the whole thing because it's the oldest airport. Yeah. So like in the next couple of years, they're going to revamp that airport, which it badly needs it. But now imagine you've got all these technologies coming up. Like, how do you redesign an airport to like be better utilizing those technologies? Right. Right. Instead of like, you've got this old monument and you're trying to like bootstrap new stuff onto it and around it and security and everything. Well, now you have all these cool new technologies and you have the opportunity to update the infrastructure, like the physical infrastructure to go along with that. It's like, I just can imagine air travel could be so much can be so so much better, right? And I think you can like you go up to the Minneapolis airport; it's awesome. I mean, it is, is awesome. the best the airport, airport to fly. Like, love that airport so much. And one of the big reasons is it's just a way newer airport. Like, it's just designed with you know modern air travel in mind. Whereas, like, yeah, you know, O'Hare is just like this you know old brick building with like just piecemeal like additional terminals around it and like it's just it's not it's not efficient it's just not good it doesn't work well with the types of planes we're flying or the types of flights we're doing anymore um so i think that kind of that'll really be what leverages it when you've got like the the technology piece and like the infrastructure like go together i can just imagine like the you know air travel could get get to be so much better right right so much faster where it's not like you know, you've got, you know, how, how many hours do you sink into getting to the airport and checking in and being there for your flight? It like you have to be flying at least like three or four hours before it makes sense to do that versus driving. In my opinion, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't jump on unless like I unless you have like drive around the Great Lakes or something. But, you know, if you wanted to go to Michigan, you would do it. But but even using like predictive analytics on if you had like a some sort of people counter in security let's say like, that's the scariest part i think for people is security lines like mm, mm-hmm. how busy is the airport going to be mm-hmm. we've been flying planes for how many years like there has to be some data on how many people fly this day at this time and like mm-hmm. it's got to be somewhat of a seasonal thing like yeah christmas yeah. is bad we know that mm-hmm. but then to have like real time like you go to a website and there's like there's currently 30 people in line they've been in there for that how long cool. like, what's the wait time that yeah, would just make it would be like um, like Google traffic or whatever. Like when you look at Google Maps and it'll right. let you know about like a crash or whatever. But like yep. you could look at the airport like while you're on the bus or like while you're driving, you know, you're sitting in the car waiting to get to the airport or whatever. You could be checking that like that morning, right? Or like yeah. you know, 40 minutes before you get there. And be like, oh, crap, it's going to be really busy or I don't have time to grab breakfast. So I got to get going, right? Yep. That's something we could do now. But like you could use all these technologies to just make the airport better in general to the point where like mm-hmm. – 
you know, not to really blow up this conversation, but getting into like short flights, like electric airplanes and stuff and doing like shorter runs. Ooh. I think that's going to get to be like, that's, I think going to be a big part of the future. Like whenever battery technologies and electric planes get to be like viable, I think like part of that is going to be having a better, faster experience getting to the airport or like more distributed airports or whatever it's going to be. But like having to invest two hours to get to the airport, park your car, you know, get into the airport, go through security, get to the terminal, board the plane, pre-flight checks, like, you know, then you fly, right? Like, okay, well, it doesn't make sense to fly an hour if it takes an hour and a half to get through the airport and then you have to fly and then it's like 40 minutes or whatever, right? Like, right. We, yeah. That's got to all, all of that has to get better and faster for those short, short run flights to really start making sense, I think. Um, so I don't know. That's what I, I think some of this stuff is going to help leverage those shorter flights, those electric, um, you know, aircraft industries. You know, I don't know. In my opinion, like I was saying, you know, would you fly to, would I fly to Minneapolis from Madison? Eh, Maybe, you know, from Chicago, I I might. Um, But, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fly from Minneapolis to Rochester. You know, you just drive, right? Right. So it's kind of like, there's like a limited sphere that like, you know, if you're inside this bubble around um, this airport, like I'll drive. And it's like, you know, what if instead... Or we just had mass, you know, like uh, high speed rail. That's a whole. Oh nother. gosh! Don't get into it. Don't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> high speed rail. Um, or we could just have awesome, you know, public infrastructure. But we don't because it's America, so that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just think that would be such a that's that could be such a cool way to move forward into the future and just like improve connectivity and like improve travel around this giant continent that we're a part of. You know, I think that that's something that we should definitely be looking forward to i think that's going to be part of the future so to keep this you know short and sweet like you you've heard our thoughts on this i am as always really interested to hear what others listening to this maybe you travel a lot maybe you don't travel hardly at all are these things that you think would be interesting to see in airports and you know the tourism side of it some ar you know content to, just so you feel you know like you know where you're going and stuff or do you have other suggestions on things that you know you've potentially thought about this yourself you're like this would be in my opinion something that i think would benefit the greater population i would love uh, to hear your thoughts on that and if you do have some of those thoughts you can email us at for the future pod at gmail.com f-o-u-r the future pod at gmail.com would love to love to hear some responses it's always interesting yeah, exactly. We're always always excited to look at uh, going over guests' comments and uh, having guests on as well. If you if you're really excited about it and would like to be part of the podcast, we're uh, always open to and considering starting to invite guests on to um, offer a third opinion on some of these topics. Yeah. So, um, hey, if you're interested in uh, being our first guest on for the future podcast, uh, reach out to that same email and uh, we can make that happen. Well, until uh, next time, which will definitely be in at least two weeks, right? We're not, we're, we're no more breaks. <laughs> this for time, no more breaks. for sure, for sure. <laughs> this time, for sure. We actually mean it though. It's going to be a regular thing, yeah. Yeah, so until next time, we, uh, we appreciate you listening. You know, share with your friends, family, if you think that they would be interested in this type of content. That's just kind of how we're, that's our current marketing strategy right now is... Uh, <laughs> guerrilla marketing we got to do some crazy stunts or something to get the word out but no you could you know share this with your friends family uh you know post it wherever you wherever you're listening and uh leave, leave a share leave a leave a comment like subscribe you know all the classics the youtube the podcast classics we would definitely appreciate it
we have to work on getting the algorithm to be a little more kind to us. We f- we found out this morning that if you directly search for the future podcast, like spelled correctly and everything, into most podcasting platforms, it doesn't even just doesn't pop show up. up. So hmm. you know, if you're going to recommend the podcast, better to directly link it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We found Shoot them is, a link. Basically, you actually have to send someone a link for them to be able to find this. So that obviously makes until it, we get popular, once uh, once we're you know famous wow. podcasters, then it'll be the first it'll, result. It'll but until up, then, yeah. <laughs> but until then, yeah, love. if you're going to share it, just <laughs> yeah, just a general tip: make sure you send them a direct link. Otherwise, they're going to have a hard time finding it. So, um, but yeah, awesome conversation. Thanks for joining, and until next time, bye. Bye.